Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Hello, Eat More Barbecue family. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 145 of Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast. I hope you all had a wonderful Easter this past weekend. I know spring officially began a few weeks back, but to me, the Easter weekend always feels like the real start of spring. I saw lots of great meals being prepared and enjoyed on social media this weekend. Here at Eat More Barbecue World Headquarters, I smoked up a beautiful pork butt from one of our local farms, Bear and the Flower Farm. It was about a four-pound piece that I picked up from Bonton Meat Market. So uh, being a little smaller piece, I cooked it on indirect on the Weber kettle over some charcoal and some applewood chunks. It was uh, quite a nice morning on Sunday when I got up at 7 a.m. to get the grill going. But true to form for springtime in Alberta, by later that morning the wind had picked up and it was full-out, almost blizzard-like snowing. Typical, typical, typical. With the busy Easter weekend and lots of other things going on for me lately, I don't have a fresh episode for you this week. So uh, since I cooked up that bear in the flower farm pork butt on Sunday, I'm going to revisit the episode I recorded with Jessica and Chris from back in February of 2019. I really love the philosophy they bring to their farming and the treatment of their animals, and I think the care and love they put into their pigs shows through in the amazing meat they produce. Enjoy this throwback, and if you're interested, this is one of the very few episodes that I've actually managed to post a video version of on YouTube, so check it out. Just search Eat More Barbecue on YouTube. Are you thinking of starting a podcast to help build your personal or business brand but don't know how to get started? Eat More Barbecue Digital Media can help you with consulting, recording, voice work, or full production. Contact us at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com for more information. This is the first week of the month, so stay tuned after the interview for the Alberta Podcast Network Member Spotlight. This part of the show is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference in their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the show, and uh, really excited to hear today. I'm out just a little northeast of Calgary at Bear and the Flower Farm, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Christopher and Jessica. Welcome. Thank you. Thank so you for having much. us. Uh, very so, excited to be part of this. Yeah, great. We've been talking online a little bit here, and uh, thrilled to get out here and kind of see what you guys are doing. Uh, so tell me about uh, tell me about Bear and the Flower. I'll let you start. Uh, well, I guess the the easiest way to start is our story yeah. of how we kind of got into this. Yeah, I, I usually ask when I'm interviewing barbecue people, I say, "What's your what's your barbecue story? How did you get into the barbecue uh, the barbecue life?" So, I guess in your case, how did you? What's your story? Well, I never I never thought that I would be a pig farmer. Yeah, it's a pretty surprising to be honest with you, but. 
now it's kind of all that I talk about and it's my passion. So three years ago, Chris was working in manufacturing and I was actually in the counseling field with children in the school system. And um, Chris ended up, you know, getting bought out. Mm -hmm. Um, Wasn't something that he wanted. You know, but sometimes the best things are what you don't want. Uh, Yeah. And he was at home, like, pretty depressed and thinking about what is our next step going to be. And I said to Chris, well, what's kind of, like, your thing that you want to do? What have you always wanted to do? And he says, well, I've always loved farming, Mm -hmm. you know, going round and round in a tractor. And so we were in a cooperative farming situation with his family up okay. until 2013. We all had cattle okay. and his younger brother had taken over the farm, but mm-hmm. he didn't really want to calve out anymore. And he wanted to live more in BC and come and do hay and everything yeah. in the warmer months and then go back to BC. So we ended up all selling out of cattle okay. and Chris and I owned land that wasn't good for crop. It was more mm. grazing land. Right. So we thought Chris wants to be a farmer and we ended up taking a bare piece of land okay. and getting into pig farming because cattle's too expensive to get into. Oh, Most farms yeah. are generational. Right. The equipment and everything. Mm. So everything that you see on this farm we built from scratch wow. with very little money, um, you know, and just a lot of sweat and mm-hmm. hard work. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So that's how we got into it. So and it was in the family before it didn't just, the farming thing didn't just come out of the blue. And... Farming was yeah. part of, part of uh, on my family's side. Yeah, you know, okay. um, um, like, I said, like she said, hay and yeah. cattle was the big operation. Yeah. And we thought, let's get into this as a side, mm-hmm. side sub to supplement our, our, our income and all that. All right. It was supposed to be. A side business, let's sell a few hogs a week, kind of thing, or a few sure. hogs a month. Yeah, and it's now taken full precedent. Where yeah. you know we've got uh, three other staff working besides the two of us with awesome. us all, all the time, and uh, it's our full time passion and gig now. And yeah. it's as Jessica always says, it's bigger than us. This yeah. this food movement and the um, um, local, sustainable, ethical. Um, you know, how can we feed the masses? without being a factory farm and still have those same ethics that you would still get from, um, I'll call it a mom and pop or a small yeah. backyard farmer. Absolutely. So that's kind of our mission or our mantras. Mm-hmm. We want to produce food that has the love, the ethics, the, the, the value, um, and most importantly, the quality yeah. that the consumer wants on a larger scale. Yeah. So we just started growing and growing and then yeah. the momentum come faster than we could understand. And that's why I say it's bigger than us. Yeah. And now, <clears throat> Um, when we first got into it, a chef would sit down with us and go, love your product and all that. How long until it, you can't supply me? Mm-hmm. That was his biggest problem because the sure, people who are growing good food yeah. were on the smaller side. Yeah. Yeah. And we then um, said, we can supply. And so then we just started bringing on contracts. And then we started to realize, oh, man, we got to move this whole animal. And right. we'd be sitting on, you know, everyone wants bellies and loins, bellies and loins. Yeah. And uh, how do we move the front and the back of that animal? Right. So then that became our product. and. Uh, I mean, our problem when Jessica started adding value add items like sausages and hands okay. yeah. and, and, and cured products and uh, um, working with companies, um, you know, like Empire Provisions out of Calgary. Great folks. Yeah. Um, you know, they're huge supporters of us or Muley's up in Edmonton. You know, they, so they're taking uh, they're taking whole carcasses, but they're also taking trim product to make okay. it to their sausages. Oh, awesome. So, you know, it's, it's win-win for us and it's win-win for them. It helps us move that whole animal, yeah. reduces our inventory. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the story where we started and then... 
as we started getting deeper and deeper into the process here, we started to realize there's a viable business here. Mm-hmm. How can we make the product better? Yeah. How can we refine our internal process? How can we refine what our customers are after? And what are we going after? Mm-hmm. As entrepreneurs, when you first get into this, let's take it all. Yeah. And then you realize, yeah. <laughs> I can't chew all that, you yeah. know, or, or, or the the margins aren't big enough or we're not ready for that, you know. So we had to really sit down a year after year and just redial in that process. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, what got us to where we are today and, and, and our mission now. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, and for, for me and my family, the the sustainable, the ethical, that's really what, you know, looking at what you guys are doing attracted me to, you know, wanted to reach out to you guys because it's something as a as a family we've tried to do. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's a big, big... Putting thing. some thought into where we're buying the meat we eat, the food we eat, where it's coming from, right? So that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I guess tell me a little bit more about that side of the... Uh, well, the um, pig farming side. Yeah. You know, when you, when you say things like that, it not only resonates with Bear and the Flower, but mm-hmm. all my fellow producers, and yeah, people might view them as competition, but I need my competitors at this infancy mm-hmm. to do very well. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the other five or six farms that would be in the same size of us and capacity yeah. that are out there, you'd see them in all the natural food stores. Yeah. We want them to do well sure. because they're helping that movement. Yeah. You know, and when you and your family go and you decide to, buy a bear in the flower or, or, or a local Alberta farm mm-hmm. true statistic 97 cents of that dollar stays in the local economy yeah when you go to buy that meat that was imported mm-hmm. from the United States or even from another province yeah three cents stays in and that 97 cents is going back to there you know yeah. that three cents on the aggregate is used to employ those people in that store and pay the fuel to get them here yeah. but that 97 cents yeah. you know we're employing people on our farm. We're buying our feed locally. We're employing local veterinarians. We're, mm-hmm. we're um, employing a local nutritionist, you know, all within the province of Alberta. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Keeps money here. Yeah, absolutely. And in this economy, that's what we need. Yes, yeah. That's what we need. And, and in all economies, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's a big, big push for that sustainable and local mm-hmm. movement. You know, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think the way it all kind of started was... The first January, we had our pigs kind of ready, okay. and we sold four pigs. And we thought, what are we getting into? <laughs> what are we, yeah. And then you have these animals that are live mm-hmm. and growing and eating, and they're a live commodity. Mm-hmm. You have to sell them, because <laughs> yeah. what else are you going to do with them? Yeah. So then um, I started, you know... Um, approaching chefs and being mm-hmm. like, hey, do you want to buy like a pig or some primal cuts? You know, we started mm-hmm. very small and then they'd get it and be like, this is horrible okay. or this is so fat. Mm-hmm. You know, if I sat around and ate bread all the time, I'd be the same. And that's the right. same as with animals. Yeah. You can't just feed them barley mm-hmm. and peas yeah. and think that that's going to, you know, get a good quality product so as time went on chris and i started delving more and more and more into our product and became super nerdy about it and we'll tell you all about that yeah um but backing up a minute also during that process we started to realize that outdoor pig farmers didn't have a very good reputation okay yeah you know um, especially in the world of pork. Okay. In Alberta, pork. Just the meat and, quality. And slaughter plants okay. as being flaky people, uh-huh. people that weren't very, you know, clean with their animals. Uh-huh. They're full of worms. Um, they don't have biosecurity measures. Right. So as we started getting into that, mm-hmm. we started working closely 
to get our CQA and okay. and um, so we've kind of led the industry Super. for the government of Canada mm-hmm. and we were the first outdoor farm to get our CQA, our federal status. Okay. So what that means is that most outdoor farms, if you're not a barn, mm-hmm. you have a border okay. of Alberta. Right. And that's all you can stay in, unless okay. you're going to ship them live over the border. We started, you know, working on biosecurity right. program for outdoor farms, mm-hmm. and um, we're piloting it with the government. Wonderful. And then now we're up to do our our full fledged our CQA. Um, but it meant things like when you go to the slaughter plant, mm-hmm. don't bring that trailer home until right. you wash it. Okay. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, using natural ways to deworm your pigs. When you came in, you saw we had boots before you walked Mm -hmm. into our yard. You know, all that kind of stuff. People come here, we sign you in, we Mm -hmm. sign you up. So we have like full traceability. Um, Just, there's so many parts of it. We tarp all our straw to make sure, you know, it's it's cleaner. And um, we don't have, you know, birds and everything sitting in there and building nests. So... All these little things really um, were a learning curve. And Chris and I are not just about our farm. We're for this for all outdoor farms. We should have the same rights Mm -hmm. as barns. In fact, I would say that my pigs are healthier. You know? Yeah. Vitamin D isn't just a vitamin. It should be part of life. So there's all those little things that have taken us to where we've come that's wonderful and then i'll let chris talk about um all the nerdy stuff because he's really into it about our feed and stuff and our genetics we have a big announcement about that yeah so yeah so then we like i just alluded to Mm -hmm. our first product was not good and i have to hate to admit it but it's the truth right but it only makes you better yeah you know uh, and failure is almost a key to success Mm -hmm. and so we started refining the first thing that we dove into um was nutrition. Right. So we work with a company out of Airdrie called Nutrition Partners. Okay. Um, and they have a nutritionist that works with us. And he is incredible. He's, you know, used to the, the conventional farming and all that. So he enjoys this because it's a change. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's come out and he's taken a pig that would normally take us eight, eight and a half months to finish. And we're finishing it two to three weeks or longer than a conventional operation. Okay. Because we still have to deal with the elements. And I can't right. control that. Um, but however... Finishing a pig that's still got a nice fat cover on it mm-hmm. that um, the consumer wants, but it's not too fatty, where you're cutting off two inches of back fat to get to the loin right. and making the eyes too the small. The loin's really small <clears throat> and shrunken down. So working with nutritional partners, they then started diving in, and, and when it gets to minus thirty, mm-hmm. we can adjust the nutritional and, and, and the, the calories that the pig eats. Okay. And when it's a plus 30, we can do this exact right. same thing. So it's about dialing that in and, and, and it's not major adjustments. It's still the same ingredients. It's just how much of that ingredient are we putting in to ensure that that pig gets the optimal health. Um, and further to that, because we've gone down the antibiotic free route, the hormone free route, um, no different than in human, you have to have a healthy animal mm-hmm. and it all starts with gut floor. Right. Um, yeah. And as this is becoming a new big culture in the human side, it's yeah. been in the, the pig business for a while. Okay. So we feed our pigs a prebiotic, a probiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, um, Peter said to us, who's a nutritionist, says, why have you ever thought about giving them flax? I'm like, oh, that's, you know, we kind of hemmed and hawed about it. And he says, I think, we, so we did a few experiments. Mm-hmm. And the amount of flax that we are giving, along with the prebiotic and probiotic, is not only healthy for the pig, 
but it transfers into their fat, and we had to have a whole carcass tested from a third-party lab that's vetted by the CFA, and we've been certified to be high in omega-3s. Okay, nice. So for every time that you eat yep. 100 grams of our pork, you're getting 0.9 of a gram of omega-3s and 6s, which is... Um, three three times. times the CFI's requirement to tout to have that tagline high in omega threes legally. And it's got the omega six as well. You said the omega sixes. We we don't tout that as often because okay. some people say that omega sixes are not as good. But no. uh, what I've been reading, at least for humans, is the balance. Between, it's the balance, yeah, between the three and six. So, right? so. they they are high in omega threes and sixes, but threes is the the, the yeah. big one, yeah. um, and it's done without fish products or anything like that. Nice. Um, but yeah, some. Some farms will um, use, you know, kelp okay. and oh. seaweeds and stuff, but then we can't have an, um, animal byproduct free because when right. they're scraping that, they're bringing up, and then it gets ground, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you just don't know. So get, we yeah. do get audited for every claims that we make, so we have to make sure that yep. we are what we if say. If you say are. it is, it's got to be there, right? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. You know, um, and then lifestyle would be the next thing. You know, we always knew that outside and... You know, we strongly guesstimate uh, just through some different research that in one week our pig will walk more than an entire than a pig in a confinement operation will walk mm-hmm. in its entire life. Wow! So when you start thinking about that and, and just the human when you go for a walk and, and, and what it does to your fat yeah. and creates into your muscles and, 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 and that muscle building and creates that marbling. Yeah. You know, um, but that not alone will not just won't create that. You know, you need to have enrichment and a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. and. Uh, Pigs are um, a very intelligent animal and very smart. Yeah. So providing enrichment in the pens, yeah. lots of room to root and play, um, some hurdles along the way, making sure they have enough place to sleep, you know, so they're not sleeping on top of each other. Right. You know, so as we are growing, adding more shelters and different styles of shelter, cost-effective shelters, yeah. or uh, our value inside the shelters, um, because they do live outside, minus 30, plus 30. They never right. go inside. Yeah. So further to that, we then needed to start working on genetics, you read everyone's got their own idea of that. And we've started working with, um, a while ago, uh, a farm called VDK farms out of three Hills, um, a name Robin Vanderkool and his family, um, have been inspirational to us. And he, um, I call him the genetics guru, the genetics master. And so he's helped us, um, now start to dial in different traits of the meat. So now we're, we're taking samples of the meat and getting the meat color up. Okay. introducing marbling introducing back fat mm-hmm. but every time that you want to do this by bringing in a, a different breeder all that there's also a trade-off does the pig get fatter does right. the pig grow longer so we at any given time have three to four different samples going through our farm that we just track and we just yeah. you know how long did it take to rear this pig how much feed did it work the feed conversion mm-hmm. what was the meat quality like the carcass quality like so we're always trying they to do that ear tag. okay so we'll just ear tag them yeah. with the different colors and we'll yeah. know that this batch of 20 yeah is and we'll fold them through and where, where we keep a log yeah. and so robin and uh his family only breed for us so they um are 100 percent um our um breeders they don't breed for anybody else yeah. and so they really cater to our spe- uh, specifications right. um, and then just are helping us grow our, our demand and uh, allowing the, the, that product to become better. So that's, that's the exciting thing is with the combination of the nutrition, the lifestyle and the, um, the genetics, Hi, Luma. The, 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 the quality of our product has now become renowned chefs and now there's the demand for it and they're asking yeah. for it and oh, awesome. no, the chef the consumers are they're finding that it's a flavorful product it's uh um consistent it's, it's consistent. consistent that's a, yeah. that's our other big thing is finding a consistent product that we can ship 
weekly. Right. Um, so we're very like one thing that we do the best is our tomahawk chop. Okay. You know, because nice. yeah. of our genetics. Yeah. That and the weight we raise our pig to. Right. I mean that land race genetic. It makes our tomahawk just beautiful. Awesome. You know. Yeah. And. Um, you have to know what you're doing and we like have surrounded ourselves with the people that know what they're doing yeah. and chris and i it's not us it's mm-hmm. these people that like are experts in their field that yeah. are so passionate about what we're doing that they're like want to so be a part of it you yeah. know they're well, just awesome, it's exciting because right? they're used to working in um a different part of the industry conventional sure. which is you know, horrible what they're going through. Our support team is incredible. You know, and our veterinarian, she's, you know, extremely in, uh, influential and inspirational about what should we do, how should we do it. And if she doesn't know, I have this friend that worked on an outdoor farm in, in the UK and right. gets us in touch with that person. And, you know, it's just been, you know, so. The whole team. Right? An outdoor farmer this size in North America is very few. Mm-hmm. If any, there's probably a few in the States, but in Canada, this size, we're probably one of the large, maybe there's a few others, but so it's tough to go and get data, research information, right? There's not a book to go and read. Um, so there's a lot of trial and error as I call it baptism by fire. Absolutely. So how many pigs do you have? What's the, how big is this? So currently on the farm, we have between 15 and 1600 animals. Okay. Um, and, uh, we're in the process of completing an expansion, which by fall next year will allow this farm to raise around 5,000 animals. Yeah, and then we are very excited to have our, um, well, we haven't even announced it. Probably not yet. Okay, not yet. Never mind. Something coming, something coming. There is something coming, really big for us. So there's a project in the spring. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, let me know. Let me know when you're ready to. Well, uh, you're gonna mm-hmm. come back. You gotta okay. come back. Uh, absolutely. You gotta come back in the summer. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, and the pigs have a splash park. That, well, I've those... seen. I've seen your videos and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So pigs actually do way better in the winter okay. than they do the summer because yeah. they don't sweat. They get oh. really hot. Yes. So this summer was just so hot and dry. Smoky. Smoky yeah. So we're Dusty. learning yeah. so much about planting perennials in the yeah. ground. Right. We're learning about keeping them nice and cool. Mm-hmm. So we built a splash park. Awesome. Like every year we're doing these Figuring little as, uh, yeah. little things to make our pigs' quality of life yeah. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess you, you talked about some of the road, some of the restaurants and stuff you're working with uh, locally yeah. here. What? Uh, who are those guys? Well, just to touch well, on that. the biggest thing is is that really sets us apart from um, you know any other outdoor farm in Alberta is we have massive distribution. Mm-hmm. When Chris and I first started, we had a reefer truck. We're probably just all got divorced. We <laughs> we hated each other. <laughs> You know, we drive to Banff to drop off a loin. Yeah. And we were just all over the place. Right. And you can't do it all, you yeah. know? Yeah. So we've kind of given up the idea of not having a butcher shop mm. and not self-distributing. Right. So those two things, I think, have really catapulted us forward. Right. In that we work with the top distributors right. in this province, from GFS to pre-pack meats, right. Finns up in Edmonton. Um, you know, Cisco Edmonton, Cisco right. Calgary, sure. um, Berkby Foods does all of our retail. So we have everyone that kind of, and then BC, yeah. that's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so we've just kind of like partnered up with these people that do what they do really well, well and yeah. we're going to do what we do you, really yeah, well. Yeah, and they've got their network too, right? So by partnering with them, you're tapping into their entire network of yeah. customer base, right? You know, and instead of having her and I pounding the pavement or hiring a sales guy, yeah. we can focus those resources on the farm, yeah. invest that money here, yeah. and allow these um, distributors who've got... 10, 20, 30, 50 sales guys mm-hmm. pushing your product. Absolutely. So what they do is like what's coming up, for example, is there are shows I go mm-hmm. to with right. them and yeah. then I meet more chefs or, yeah. you know, I'll have two days up in Banff with GFS right. on February 4th and 5th and they just book me up yeah. the whole day. They're, you're here, 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 here. And then I get, I'm the, I'm more effective. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, you know, organize samples and all of that. So it's kind of crazy, but Chris and I don't even know a lot of the places that we're in anymore. With, and that's the hard part at go, times. Letting go of that a bit, right? Yeah, you yeah. kind of just have to give up that control. Yeah. So it's important yeah. that I go out and I get, get on out. the road. Yeah. But yeah, we're any, and then we have a different type of clientele. Like Una Pizza mm-hmm. and Bread and Circus, yep. that group, you know. Kale breaks down a hog or two every week, and he yeah. uses that whole thing for right. his restaurant, you yeah. know. Um, so we have that, and then we also have the butcher shops, like the Empire Provisions, right. the yeah. K&K Food Liner, the Muley's, yeah. um, McLean's Meats, all of these other types of industries mm-hmm. that, you know, more direct to customers. Yeah. Awesome. So we we have a few different markets, mm-hmm. and we've kind of spread ourselves out through that to try and move that whole animal. Yeah, awesome. Well, I, I love what you guys are doing, and I uh, look forward to trying some of your product real soon here. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, where can where can folks find you? Um, on our website, yeah. we actually have um, a whole list. It's um, the tab that says Find right. Us, yeah. and if you click on that, we give you a whole list of retail right. shops. Okay. And then for restaurants, if you go on our Instagram yeah. and see what photos we've been tagged in, you can usually find out who's, uh, yeah. who's or send me a message and yeah. tell me what you want. Some pe- thing that people don't realize is I'll hook them up. Yeah. Like if you want to take your wife on a nice dinner yeah. at the Banff Gondola, I know the chef. You know the people. Oh, that's it. I will know. help well, you well, and uh, give a nice little well, good Valentine's word. is coming. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah. Chris and I do that too. Okay, we'll, yeah. Our friends will message sure, us yeah. and be like, we want to do a nice supper. Super. We'll go to this place, yeah. you know. Well, I'll put all the, the links to your website and your uh, social media on the, in the show notes. And uh, awesome. I guess one thing, and again, I'm usually talking to barbecue people, but uh, I'll ask you kind of the same question I try to close up with is uh, if you're you're firing up the grill or the barbecue, what's, uh, what's your go-to? Oh, <laughs> I would tell you there's two things, man. I make, in my opinion, a killer pork burger. Okay. So, that you know, I'd put that up against any beef burger out there. Um, but my go-to is our tomahawk chop. Yeah, yeah. Um, we probably eat the beef, the pork burger more. Yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah. Um, we have a 14-ounce bone-in tomahawk, and it's wow. it's a showpiece of a, of, of a cut. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, 16-ounce. <laughs> it's a 16-ounce yeah. bone-in showpiece of a product. Right. Um I'll get the barbecue searing good and hot. Yeah. Just uh, salt and pepper for flavor on there. You know, maybe a little pork spice, but nothing major. And I like to put it on there at high, high heat, char it. So just the, ju- the, the juice is, is clear, but still pink in the middle. Yeah. And get that sear on the outside. And yeah. th- there's, there's 
nothing more flavorful, juicy. You know, I always grew up thinking, oh, pork chops are dry, well, that's, dry. Yeah. And I hated pork chops. Yeah. Now, well, if you cook them right, yeah. cook them right, and and, and you got and, and you're not having a thin little piece and with nice marbling and a good fat through. You know. Nice. Um, well, folks, thank you so much, Christopher, uh, Jessica. Thanks so much. This is uh, thank you so this much. This is great. Great thank to get you. out in the country here a little bit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're not that. That's a beautiful part too. Yeah. Is we get a lot of farm tours mm-hmm. because we're so close. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Chris and Jessica. Be sure to check them out online where you can order directly from them and also find a listing of restaurants and retail locations that carry their amazing Alberta pork. Time now for the APN Member Spotlight, brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. This month, I want to share a portion of my conversation from a couple of months ago with John Lowther from the Life with Dementia Podcast. Let's uh, talk about your uh, podcast a little bit, Life with Dementia. Tell uh, tell the folks about uh, about that. <coughs> Well, you know, I I have a personal passion for people living with that diagnosis because um, I have a high genetic risk of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So I've experienced it with uh, several grandparents um, and other extended family members. Um, And I accidentally fell into the line of work, working in like long-term care and supportive living environments, doing recreational therapy in those residential settings with uh, residents who live there. And I just, like, really, really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and recognized early on that people living with that diagnosis were, like, kind of stuck behind a wall. It was like, Mm -hmm. it was just like that that disease is just a big barrier. That's all it is, right? And and so I just... Right now, why do I do that podcast? It's to it's to help uh, reduce the stigma and the fears around that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. It's you know it, it's not a beautiful thing to live with. Like it's it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Like we can all know that, right? But yeah. cancer isn't pretty either, and that doesn't mean that you can't still have a enjoyable, um, happy life with your family mm-hmm. even when you're dealing with these horrible diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And um, and the trick with dementia too, or not the trick, but the 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 piece is is that it's um. It's becoming more common. Yes. You know, it's becoming yeah. more commonly diagnosed. And our methodology for how we treat that diagnosis is so old school medical and clinical. Mm. Okay. And uh, it, it, there is no cure for Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Um, and of course, there are certain types of dementias that aren't progressive or even are reversible. But like your, your traditional Alzheimer's disease, dementia is a progressive illness and there is no cure. Right. So to treat it from a purely medical clinical kind of model for something that doesn't like doesn't even respond to that, frankly, mm-hmm. like what are other ways that we can approach living a life with dementia that improves my quality of life if I live with that diagnosis and improves the quality of life for my family and my friends who are right. surrounding me? Yep. So honestly, like the goal of the podcast is just to talk about talk about it more. Mm-hmm. Like I interview scientists, I interview doctors, I interview researchers. I, there's people families living with the diagnosis so lived experience is a huge piece of that um but i think the more we talk about it from all of those different angles and bring it down into everyday conversation the the less fear there is about around it Mm -hmm. and so therefore we can come up with better strategies for living with it right like just everyday practical strategies that will help me enjoy my life when i am living with that diagnosis down the road because that's a very high risk for me right um, and, and I don't want it to be a, a horribly sad, burdensome 
thing for my family to go through. Mm -hmm. And there are better ways to treat that diagnosis. So anyway, that's, that's why I do that podcast to bring, to bring a a different lens and a frame uh, of hope um, that you can live a life well with dementia. I've Mm -hmm. recently just included, um, a co-host uh, with me on the podcast. His name is Roger Marple, and he's living with early okay. onset Alzheimer's, um, early onset dementia. Mm-hmm. And so you have the the voice of someone living with that diagnosis who is mm-hmm. helping me interview people, wow. right? And yep. so it's just a t- like to bring that frame into light for people to see and hear and recognize that, hey, you know, you can live well with dementia. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you can impact like the future of where we're headed mm-hmm. just by talking about it yeah just by talking please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to life with dementia and all the other great shows on the network thanks for listening and friends and for all your continued support i have an interview book to record uh, with a local indigenous cook here in calgary tomorrow that I've been trying to line up for close to a year now. So I'm really excited to have that for you next week. And I've been working to get some more top-notch Alberta barbecue content all set for your listening enjoyment. We continue to ride the waves of this COVID pandemic. And here in Alberta, we've taken a step back as the case numbers have started to increase again. Some of the restrictions were tightened up once again yesterday. And that means that as of this coming weekend, restaurants will not be allowed to offer dine-in service indoors. Those with patios will be able to serve outdoors and takeout and delivery will still be available. This is yet another tragic hit for an industry that has suffered greatly over the past 13 months. Please keep your eyes open to see what your local barbecue joints are doing and wherever you are in Alberta or elsewhere, get out there and support them in whatever way you're comfortable and able. And whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, stay safe, wear your masks and get your vaccinations as soon as you're able. That's a wrap, everybody. See y'all next week. Hey friends, thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of joints on the Barbecue Trail site and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joints some love. Give me a follow on Twitter at eatmorebarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of Eat More Barbecue Digital Media. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking. <laughs>